0: Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories. Welcome back to another episode of Sleepy Head Stories. Guys, welcome back to another episode. We've got a good book this week. Before we get into what the book is, this month, the month of what what month is it, Chetta? It's May. May, right. The month of May is what heritage month do we celebrate in the month of May? Do you know? Mother's Day. Well, Mother's Day, yes. But I know. We celebrate in the United States, Uh we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Hold on, hold on. Why Why does it have the word Asian in it if it's for Americans? Because it's for Asian Americans. It's Americans that live in the U.S. Like daddy, like that have an Asian heritage. Do you know where Asia is? Uh, I think is. I want to say it's in England. <laughs> no. So Asia is all the way on the other side of the world, the absolute opposite side of the world, like like Germany China Germany's like halfway there Wait, is China like is China like a continent? Yes. Like, in, like, Asia. Like, well, China's a country in a continent. Asia is the continent. And wait, it's co- made up of a lot of countries. Wait, a co- a continent is like Australia, Be- right? Mm, clo- Australia's a country, but it's a part of a continent called Oceania, but You didn't get to that yet. I know. You didn't get to that yet Uh, in school. But Asia is China, Japan. uh, Japan is... Where is Japan? I said all the way on the other side of the world. No, what country is it in? Japan is its own country. Yes. That's not on the maps. Yes, it is on the maps. (laughs) No, no, no. When my my teacher showed me stuff like um Australia. Yeah. And, like, the countries and stuff. Mm-hmm. There was no Japan on there. Well, Australia and Japan are not at in the same location. They're closer than we are to Japan, Australia. <laughs> so but one side of the world, not the other. Sort of, the of. You probably didn't make it over to Asia yet. Probably not. It's okay. You're only it was in second grade. Hey guys, sorry. <laughs> we got cut off. Sorry about that. We got a phone call. But we were talking about Asian American Heritage Month, which is in the month of May. And you're probably like, what? What is that? So we are going to be celebrating some Asian heritage in this country, in America, by reading a great book called... Why do you keep whipping the book like (laughs) (laughs) that? What's the name of the book? Kaya's Journey. I probably didn't pronounce that right. Yeah, Kaya, Kaya, Kaya. Yep, Kaya's Journey. The story of a hundred-year-old koi fish. Yes, story of a 100-year-old koi fish and koi fish come from Japan. Hold on, mom. Yes. We should ask anybody, we should ask people to like send us like letters or something if they're like Asian. Sure, if you're an Asia, if you live in Asia or if you're an Asian American, send they're, us some messages. They're probably not. They might not, but they might. We've gotten some Asian, um, we've had um, some people from Malaysia reach out to us. Malaysia? Malaysia. Malaysia. And somebody, I believe, from Thailand. So we might have some listeners out there. And um, the book, Kaya's Journey, is all about the story of a hundred-year-old koi fish. And koi fish come from Japan. They have a very special meaning in Japan, and we're going to learn all about it. But actually, if you go back even further, koi fish really come from China, but in China, they don't call them koi, they call them carp, okay? And they also have a special meaning in China as well, and we're going to talk about that also. Carpet fish. But the actual fish, koi fish, has been on this planet Earth how many years, do you think? Even before there was a China? (laughs) They, yes. They invented like telephones and stuff. Um I'm going to say like before like the 1960s. <laughs> Definitely before the 1960s. Koi fish have been on planet Earth. So, okay. They have fossils that are Wait, over 20 million years old. Fish have fossils. Well, that's, fish can become fossils. Oh, that's yes. sad because that means all the water in their ocean like dried up. Right. They found fossils on land and they found fossils on the seabed floor that are over 20 million years old. So they're a very ancient creature on this planet. They're very special. And in Asian and Chinese cultures and Japanese cultures, they are held like, in high regard. Did you say like 20 million years? Yes, I said 20 million years old. That's koi how old that, that fish. fish, holy koi fish, holy yes. Holy koi fish, <laughs> holy cow. So guys, stick with us as we read this great book. Um, it's a really, really nice story, a Japanese tale or legend, and then we give you some facts holy about koi fish cow. at the end. Holy cow. Holy koi fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like longer before the dinosaurs existed it's around the same time and guys if you have if we have like conchetta said any asian american or any pacific islanders that are listening to us from across the world or here in the u.s please reach out send us a message um, let us know where you're from you can reach out to us on instagram or facebook or you can send us an email at sleepyheadstories at gmail.com. all right guys stay tuned see you next time see you next time Kaya's Journey The Story of a Hundred-Year-Old Koi Fish by Mila Kalan Illustrated by Paradihi Didwanya. In a land far, far away called Canada... Avani woke up from the strong rays of the sun on her face. She could hear droplets of melting snow falling from the rooftop onto the ground and the pitter-patter of icicles turning into water in the trees and bushes outside her window. She peeked at her twin brother, Niam, fast asleep in his bed and realized it was the weekend. No school and no alarms. Just as she started to slip back under the covers to sleep some more, there was a tap at the door. "'Hey, guys, it's Grandpa. I am awake before you, and I think I will win the bet this year. You will have to roast marshmallows for me.'" "'The bet!' (gasps) "'The bet!' Avani jumped out of bed and shook her brother awake. "'Wake up! The ice has melted. We have to go look for Kaya!' Avani and Niam darted toward the door and pushed it open, almost toppling Grandpa Yogi over. Still in their night suits, they ran downstairs, put on their gumboots, and rushed outside. The entire farm was glistening with dewdrops and patches of melting snow and ice. Tufts of green grass peeked through the thawing earth spring was finally here and with spring came the time for the family's favorite tradition the children soon reached the shore of a small lake in the middle of the property and stood there catching their breath as they carefully studied the surface they saw tadpoles some small fish frogs and a few birds but not what they were looking for patience "'said Grandpa, who had caught up with them "'and was resting on a big rock close by. "'Keep looking.' "'Suddenly, there was a golden shimmer "'in a distant part of the lake. "'The kids strained their eyes to see what it was. "'They wondered if the rays of sun were playing tricks on them, "'but the shimmering shape moved again. "'Then they both shouted together, "'I saw her first! No, it was me!' Calm down, calm down, said Grandpa softly. This year, she made sure you both saw her at the same time. She is very smart. Kaya was now clearly visible in the water. A gorgeous Japanese koi fish who, according to legend, had lived in this pond for a hundred years. But nobody had seen her close up. She was smart enough to stay in the middle of the pond, far away from praying birds and prying kids, barking dogs, and other fish. She had survived fishing expeditions, snapping turtles, and visits from storks and cranes. Her reddish golden scales shimmered in the sun. The twins, their cousins, and friends had named this mysterious beauty Kaya and pointed to her excitedly whenever they spotted her. In winter, she would retreat to the deepest, warmest part of the lake, remain invisible there, and emerge again at the first sign of good weather. For everyone on the farm, her reappearance was a sign that spring was finally here. Grandpa, Grandpa, please tell us the story again, please, begged Avani and Neam. Grandpa Yogi settled down on the rock, pulled on his woolen scarf, and let out a sigh. (sighs) It's a long and beautiful story. Let's hope we are not late for breakfast. Your mom will not be happy. No, Grandpa, please tell us. We will not interrupt. Fine, kids, listen up. Kaya was one of a kind in her pond in Canada. A hundred years earlier, a Japanese gardener had brought her to the new land where he finally wanted to settle. Kaya was a very special creature. This tiny and seemingly fragile fish had braved many dangers and hardships to follow her dream of seeing the world. Her story became the stuff of legend, revered in many cultures as a symbol of courage and perseverance. The man who hired the gardener had been fortunate to get a plot of land surrounded by a lush forest, within which nestled a big, clear, sparkling lake. It was within this lake that Kaia made her home, and from where she silently observed what was going on, the water above her. The land flourished, and many generations lived there, in love, happiness, and prosperity. And with each generation, the legend of the big golden fish lived on. Kaya and her brothers and sisters hatched in a peaceful pond in China. The Chinese called her kind of pretty fish carp. Kaya's father was a huge black colored carp. Their mother sparkled in gorgeous red and orange hues. Her brothers were all a gentle white and blue. And Kaya and her sisters twirled around showing off their red and pink spots. Everyone was happy growing up in the pond, eating off the bountiful bottom, playing, jumping, and swimming under the huge water lily plants. Nobody disturbed them there, and everyone was content. Kaya was unlike her parents and siblings. While everyone was busy with their routine, she tried to sneak out to the surface of the pond and steal a glimpse of the shore. The trees seemed tall and different with strange birds landing on them. Small, unfamiliar animals came forward to drink water at the pond. Sometimes while swimming, Kaya came under the shadow of a huge tree growing nearby. As she looked up and saw its branches and leaves, the sun sparkled through and she spotted a blue sky above. She wondered about the big unknown world out there. There was a longing in her little heart that never ceased, a longing to discover the world beyond the pond. Her siblings made fun of her as they could not believe there could be anything more exciting beyond their small universe. Her parents worried about her wanderlust and tried to warn her about the dangers that lurked around. Kaya was scared, but her desire to explore was stronger than her fear. The pond they lived in was fed by a small river. Sometimes the current dragged in other fish and water creatures from far off places. Not long after, Kaya realized that the river would be her only way out if she wanted to explore the rest of the world. But every time she tried to swim up against the current, the water pushed her back into the pond. Kaya didn't give up. She made sure she ate well and got enough exercise during the day to get stronger and bigger. Every night, she imagined herself swimming up the river and discovering amazing new worlds. She kept trying. Inspired, some of her brothers and sisters joined in. Until one day, with a big push, they found themselves swimming upstream. The journey was tough. The riverbed was very different from the pond. Sometimes it was clear and friendly, and other times the waters became murky and angry. Long, slippery plants tried to entangle the fish, and huge rocks and mysterious predators tried to catch them. But the unknown was as exciting as it was scary. So the little fish persisted. One day, the fish came to a spot where the current became so strong, it almost seemed violent. The water was ice cold, and the little fish popped their heads out to see where they had reached. What they saw was a waterfall. A huge, terrifying, and deafeningly noisy mass of water. And sparkling on top of it was a giant, golden, man-made gate. Was that the end of their journey? Kaya and her siblings gathered in a circle to decide what to do. It seemed useless to keep swimming under the waterfall when there was no other way further upstream. A few of them felt that they had had enough adventure and wanted to go back to the pond. Then Kaya had an idea. Swimming up the current had made them stronger and faster and smarter. Why give up now? why not try to jump and jump over the waterfall and complete the journey? Most of Kaya's siblings laughed at the idea and decided to return home but a few braver ones stayed back to give it a try. The little fish kept jumping up the waterfall trying to reach the top. For months then years They kept jumping and leaping, but they could not propel themselves high enough. Exhausted, one by one, they gave up and went back home to rest until only Kaya was left. For the first time in her life, she was alone. She felt scared and missed her family, but she also wanted to make them proud. Kaya continued to jump. There were days when she got so tired that she was ready to let herself be dragged by the current back to her home. But there was a fire inside of her which didn't let her give up. What she did not realize was that with every jump, her muscles were becoming stronger, her body more flexible and agile, her mind sharper, her lungs more powerful, and she could endure more effort without getting tired. Until one day, a huge, final, incredible leap lifted her right over the waterfall and the gate, which stood above it. What Kaya didn't know was that all the while she was trying to leap over the waterfall, the gods had been watching her in amazement. Many times they placed bets between themselves that Kaya would give up the next day. But every time they came back to check on her, they found her still working hard and trying to keep her way up. They could not believe their eyes and admired the courage and perseverance of this little creature. They had seen incredible strength in lions, tigers, rhinos, and eagles, but never in an ordinary fish. Regardless of her size, shape, and species, Kaya was determined to fulfill her dream. So instead of betting against her, the gods soon started betting that she would succeed the next day, and the next, and the next. The day she finally did... A huge celebration erupted in the skies and the gods descended to meet this incredible fish and reward her for her inspiring strength. One of them turned her color from pink to bright sparkling gold so that she would stand out amongst all other fish. Another adorned her body with the tattoo of a dragon, a symbol of invincibility. Then they named the gate at the top of the waterfall Dragon Gate in her honor. The third gave her a beautiful and big fins which floated around her like lace. And finally, the gods changed the name of her species from carp to the more dignified and respectful koi fish. Now in the country of Japan, Kaya continued her journey through more peaceful waters until she wandered into a rice paddy field where a farmer knee-deep in water was tending to his crops. Curious, Kaya swam close to him to examine this strange two-legged creature. The farmer was poor and had children to feed. When he saw this huge, robust, golden-colored fish, he was overjoyed as she meant a generous dinner for his family. He caught Kaya and ran home to his wife, asking her to immediately put a pot of water to boil over the fire. He put Kaya on a big wooden chopping board and prepared the knife. But his hand stopped mid-air as the farmer could not believe what he was seeing. Kaya was lying there without flapping and gasping for breath. Instead, she was calmly looking straight into his eyes, ready to accept her destiny. Her unflinching expression reminded the farmer of the samurai warriors, who were revered in his culture and famous for not blinking an eye even in the face of certain death. The farmer could not bring himself to kill Kaya. Instead, he gently lifted her from the chopping board and released her back into the water of his rice field. From that day onwards, Kaya and the farmer coexisted peacefully and happily. Kaya ate the pests and the creatures that gnawed at the rice plants, and the farmer was happy to be able to watch this incredibly beautiful fish day after day. After sparing the fish, the farmer had more kindness and generosity in his heart. He smiled more and worked harder, and his land prospered. He was no longer poor. This truly special creature had brought good luck to him and his family. His children started drawing pictures of Kaya and flying koi shaped kites with paper fins that floated gracefully in the air. With time, the story of the amazing koi spread through the village, and people from far and near came to see this legendary samurai fish. One look at Kaya made them realize she was somehow magical. Since they could not have a kaya of their own, they tattooed her name on their shoulders, chests, and back. In this way, they would be able to look at her every single day and be as courageous and strong as her. The story reached the ears of the leader of the samurai himself. He took a seven-day journey on horseback to descend to the paddy field from the top of the mountains to meet Kaya. Upon examining her closely, the samurai noticed the dragon tattoo on her body and immediately knew this fish had a higher purpose. The farmer knew Kaya had done her work in this field, his heart, and his family. He bowed down to her, and with tears in his eyes, he allowed the samurai to fill a huge bucket of water and take Kaya on the next leg of her incredible journey. On the way, the small group of samurai was attacked by the emperor's guard and managed to run away but the cart carrying Kaya along with provisions from the severe mountain winter was captured by the soldiers. The soldiers were equally mesmerized by the gorgeous fish and took her straight to the emperor of Tokyo. The emperor not only had a keen eye for beauty, he also believed in omens and good luck charms. Therefore, he ordered Kaya to be released into the moat running around his palace for extra protection and blessings. A gardener was appointed to look after her. The gardener grew more and more attached to Kaya. Sometimes he touched her body and felt the scars she had acquired from her long journey to Japan. In her eyes, he saw the wisdom of long years and the experience of many roads traveled and things seen beyond his imagination. He never left Tokyo and Kaya's wanderlust was contagious. He looked at the dragon tattooed on her body and promised himself to be brave and leave Tokyo one day and explore the big wide world. One day, a wealthy Canadian politician came to Tokyo to see the cherry blossoms. Canada was a country with abundant land for farming and life in the outdoors. The politician came to stay with the emperor and learn and observe the fine art of Japanese gardening. He was so keen to transfer this knowledge to Canada that he offered to employ the humble gardener on his farm near Toronto. The gardener bowed in front of the emperor and asked him to let him go. He had a few more years left of being able to work hard and travel and see the world beyond Japan. Moved by the gardener's plight, the emperor gave his blessings. The emperor knew that the gardener was very attached to Kaya and allowed him to take the fish along, to always remind him of his homeland. Overjoyed by the emperor's generosity, the gardener fell at his feet and cried, for he truly couldn't imagine being separated from Kaya. It didn't take long for the gardener to realize that his new home on the farm in Canada was a blessed, happy place. The farm had a huge lake which became Kaya's home. It also had a brick house filled with children, love, and laughter, and a piece of land for him to turn into a zen garden. He spent the last years of his life tending to the garden and checking on Kaya every single day. Funnily enough, He felt that she was looking after him rather than he looking after her. She seemed to have settled in just fine in the lake amongst the new species of fish, plants, and birds. Kaya led a quiet, solitary life, but was never lonely. From under the water, she could observe the lives of the people on the farm and how things changed with each passing generation just like us right now. Make no mistake, she is watching us. Grandpa Yogi cleared his throat and stretched his legs. The twins were listening intently. <clears throat> Just like Kaya, the two of you can always find the courage and strength to jump over your own dragon gate Whenever you feel that you are faced with a difficult obstacle, think of her. Think of yourselves as koi fish and don't give up. Keep trying and get out of the shallow waters and transform yourselves into a dragon. Don't get discouraged by others. Follow your dreams and they will come true. Kaya is here to remind us of that every single day. Just at that moment, Avani and Niam's mom called out for breakfast. Slowly, keeping pace with their grandfather, they started walking home, already planning how to squeeze as many adventures as possible into the next 12 hours. Kaya watched on as these three shapes faded into the distance and contently flapped her fins, enjoying the rays of the sunshine upon her back. It was a new day. Why koi fish are really special. The story of koi fish shows that you can overcome life's obstacles and adversities if you have patience and tenacity. China is the true birthplace of this fish. When the fish was first presented to the Japanese, they saw the koi's great potential and started breeding them for their brilliant colors. The koi fish were considered the perfect gift for the emperor's imperial palace moat in 1914. Extremely resilient, koi fish have the ability to survive and adapt to various climates and water conditions. These fish have been accidentally or purposely released in the wild in every continent except Antarctica and have thus spread through the world. The koi got their name in 500 BC, but the fish itself has been around for much longer. Fossils of ancient koi date back to 20 million years. Koi means affection and love. Therefore, these fish are a symbol of friendship in Japan. But because of the lone koi that made it to the top of the waterfall, they symbolize strength, character, individuality, courage to attain even seemingly impossible goals and fulfill destinies. Koi fish are a common symbol in Chinese culture also, and feng shui, and are depicted in artwork, clothing, and tattoos. At the annual boy festival in Japan, colorful, streaming koi-shaped kites and flags represent members of the family. Black for father, red and orange for mother, blue and white for son, red and pink for daughter. The end. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Keep sending us those shout outs and remember to follow us on Instagram or Facebook and subscribe so that you're notified every time we release a new episode. And of course, share us with your friends. We would love it if you could help spread the word about Sleepyhead Stories to all your friends and family. So, thanks again for listening. We love reading books and we love sharing them with you. Have a great day or a great night, and we'll talk to you in the Next episode.